0: Yes. Five, four, three, two,
1: one. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. And now it's time for Carrie to get all up in your business.
0: Thank you, Sun Gray. My guest today is the owner of one of the oldest family businesses in Arkansas, Justin Wittenberg of Rubel Funeral Home. Founded in 1901 on 6th and Main Streets, Rubel is the oldest funeral home establishment in Little Rock, Arkansas. It was 1953 when Justin's grandfather, Mr. George Wittenberg, hired on to the already established business as secretary and became part owner of Ruble. Fast forward, 20 years later, George's son, Tom Wittenberg, would join the firm, becoming its president in 1983 and sole owner by 1997. Today, the family legacy lives on in Justin Wittenberg, Tom's son. The third-generation family-owned funeral business continues to offer its facility, now on West Markham, its equipment, and its staff for immediate response to central arkansas families of every religion race and socioeconomic circumstances it is a pleasure to welcome to the table third generation owner mr justin wittenberg of ruble funeral home and you are on call all the time because you have just been talking to your answering service and said i'm going to be off the grid for one hour hey justin
2: hey carrie thank you for having me
0: you're so welcome So, Ruble Funeral Home, when I'm researching it a little bit, who is Ruble? I couldn't figure out why it's called Ruble Funeral Home.
2: Mr. Ruble started Ruble Funeral Home in 1901 at 6th and Main, like you pointed out. Uh, From what I understand, he was a furniture maker. Oh. And he was filling a need for caskets uh, for other funeral homes. And he decided that he would... uh, start his own funeral home and when he only had one daughter Catherine, who didn't want to take the business over
0: the furniture business uh the the, the funeral
2: the the funeral home building the
0: casket business
2: right 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 uh her husband walter limer who was a prominent banker here in town at the time uh inherited the funeral home and he didn't know what to do with it and he reached out to my grandfather george and uh my grandfather's future partner Jack Reed and uh confronted them and asked them if they would like to run the funeral home and they ended up purchasing it after many years of running it for him
0: well i wondered how George Wittenberg who is an architect right
2: uh George senior his father started Wittenberg Delonian Davis W D and D yeah and his son, my grandfather, uh, was an insurance agent for Massachusetts Mutual. And uh, a large portion of the funeral business is insurance-based. In fact, we are governed in the state of Arkansas by the Arkansas Insurance Commission.
0: Really? Yeah. Are there a lot of rules?
2: There are a lot of rules, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the number one rule is our customers come first. Oh, and
0: that's a good rule. How much competition do you have? How many other funeral homes are there? There's Drummond, yours? I like to say we don't have any competition. Oh. Uh, but there are other
2: funeral homes here in town. There is uh, Roller, which is oh. owned by Renata. And that's uh, Roller Drummond, Roller Owen in North Little Rock, Roller Chenal out in West Little Rock.
0: They're out of, they're out of a state? They're an out-of-state country? Uh, no, no, no,
2: no, no. In, in fact, Renata's father, Denver Roller, if I looked far enough back in our records, had his apprenticeship uh, for his funeral director's license at Rubel Funeral Home.
0: Get out of town.
2: So we're all connected if you go far enough back, is it? That's a trend in Little Rock. If you go far enough back, we all know each other,
0: right? <laughs> That's right. We're all cousins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and then we had uh, Griffin and Leggett. Uh, That was uh, another funeral home here in town. And Harry Leggett, whose son is Brad, um, they sold out to a big international corporation uh, many, many years ago. And Brad started Little Rock Funeral Home, which was just purchased by Jeff Smith, which was North Little Rock Funeral Home. Um, And he now has Smith Family Cares. And they have Smith North Little Rock and Smith Little Rock and several other funeral homes throughout the state.
0: Are you thinking about branching out, having another location? Have you talked about it? You've got one location on West Markham Street.
2: I've got one location on West Markham Street. I've got a very loyal group of clients, and um, I spend the majority of my time making sure that they are well taken care of. And I think that if I expanded too much, I wouldn't be able to give them the personal care that they are wanting and deserve.
0: Did you think you would always go into So your grandfather started it or bought it from the Mr. Ruble, and then your father went into the business and ended up being the sole owner. And did you always think, I'm going to grow up and go into this business too, or did you think I was going to do something else?
2: It's funny. My, my knee-jerk reaction would be, no, I, I didn't always think I was going to be in this business. But uh, my dad showed me a drawing one day. I was in uh, kindergarten at the cathedral school. And, uh, they had us draw what we wanted to be when we grew up and it was stick figures carrying a little casket and it said, I want to grow up and be like my dad. Um, so I would say yes at that point. Uh, now did my education and my immediate future reflect that? No, no, not at all. Uh, I went to Hendrix, got a chemistry degree, was going to be a dentist, um, and
0: that's a caring job too though
2: yeah yeah i I enjoyed it i I worked for a dentist during college as an apprentice and um really enjoyed it uh but my dad's friends his colleagues his contemporaries kept saying to me please 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 take over for your dad one day who are we going to come to when we need your help when there's not going to be a wittenberg there when we need you Mm -hmm. Um, and I wisely listened to them after many, many uh, confrontations like
0: that. How old were you when you came to work there?
2: It was in 2007, uh, so I was uh, 27 years old.
0: So what had you been doing from college to 27?
2: I had driven an ambulance in Denver, Colorado. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. Quite the adventure.
0: So have you got an uh, EMT's? uh license i guess it's called yeah. certification
2: yeah yeah i did that in college as a elective at Hendricks. i could uh, uh you know take pe or get an emt license So i went to conway regional two nights a week and ended up with an emt basic license and then decided to go on an adventure and, and to colorado
0: yeah why not right because you, you liked snow ski probably <laughs> yes
2: i love it i love it actually and uh, uh then after that, I came back and worked for Willis Smith and & Associates and appraised real estate. Got to see the bubble grow and then burst and...
0: <laughs> the Little Rock real, uh, real estate market bubble? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. Uh,
2: and Willis uh, was a great guy and uh, Beck Kaiser, uh, they were partners and they were my uh, employers at that point. And, and what a great experience.
0: Are there any other Wittenbergs working in the business? No dad's retired
2: dad's retired uh sisters are uh full-time moms with uh careers of their own uh so they 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 both are, are doubled up on on I don't, I don't see how they do it I, I don't think they get any sleep
0: probably not right um what does a person need like from within to be a good funeral director do you call yourself a funeral director mm-hmm. yeah
2: definitely um that's our our title um and um, that's What does what, a
0: person need from within to do that well, you think? Because not just anybody could do that.
2: Right. Um, I would say the best way to draw on what a person needs to do that well is to look at my employees because uh, I can I can see what it actually takes by, by looking out rather than in. It's some, sometimes it's difficult to look in, and, and introspection is a difficult thing, I think, for people. Uh, so I look at my employees, and I've got – I've got one employee who's been doing this his entire life, um, and he is devoted endlessly to uh, the deceased and their families. Um, and then I've got another employee who was a, a, a great friend of mine uh, through playing soccer at Burns Park, and he had an experience close in his family with death, and I could see that he was uh, having a, a, like, a hard time with it he was struggling with it but he wanted to know more and so we started talking after our games and i offered him a job and oh my goodness he is the most compassionate person when it comes to dealing with the families um he he goes into the arrangements and the um the first calls with a uh, uh, nothing nothing takes precedent over what you're what you're doing right now and um and he really devotes himself 100% to his families.
0: And when you say arrangements, you mean the funeral arrangements.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the funeral arrangements really start when we take the first call. Uh, so that what might, does the first call sound like? Uh, the first call is usually in the middle of the night. Uh, and Is and, it? And we're getting a call from uh, an So ant- most
0: people die in the middle of the night?
2: It seems like
0: it. Okay. It really does. That was one of my questions. I wondered.
2: Okay, it, go ahead. It really does. We sit at the funeral home all day and wait for the phone to ring. And then as soon as we go home and go to bed, the phone starts ringing. Um, and so you have to be able to uh, say it doesn't matter what time of night it is or what I need to do the next day. I've got to stop everything and care for this family and and their loved one that's passed away and
0: and what does that mean does that mean you go to their house does that mean you mean at the funeral home does that mean you just talk to them on the phone say i'll see you at eight o'clock tomorrow what does it mean
2: that's really changed a lot actually um uh, when my dad was at the helm uh so 20 years ago it was you got up and went to their house right then um When I started in this, it was, hey, we're going to send the person that's on call, and they'll be there, and we trust them, and they are our number one crew, and they're going to come over and take very good care of you, and we'll see you in the morning.
0: And take care of you. Does that mean they pick up the deceased body? Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we we bring them into our care, and we treat them as if they're our own family member that's just passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, in the time of COVID, Mm -hmm. it is a we'll talk to you on the phone tomorrow and we're going to send you an email and you can sign an e-document and we're going to you can look on our website for merchandise and it's all very removed and uh I think it's we we have adapted and um and made it easier for our families to sit in their home and 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 not Take a risk of going outside and meeting with people that they don't know and exposing themselves to things, and it's uh, it's made it easier on our families, but at the same time, I, I don't think it gives them the the full service that we uh, we need to give them and that they expect. Yeah. So it's a balance uh, that we're trying to to do
0: um,
2: that we we haven't found the balance point yet.
0: Sounds like you have to me. All yeah. right. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Justice Justin Wittenberg, third generation owner of Ruble Funeral Home in Little Rock, Arkansas, still to come. How to manage the stages of grief. I look forward to talking about that. What you need to do in preparation or after an end of life occurrence and in leaving a business legacy. How have the Wittenbergs done it so successfully? We'll be back after the break.
1: You're listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply FlagandBanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016, branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. And today, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years. If you'd like to sponsor this show, or get involved with any of Carrie McCoy's enterprises, send an email to me, Gray, that's G-R-A-Y, at flagandbanner.com. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. The flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie
0: thank you gray you're listening to up in your business with me Carrie mccoy i'm speaking today with justin wittenberg third generation owner of ruble funeral home the oldest funeral home in little rock arkansas founded in 1901 in downtown little rock arkansas before the break we talked about justin's family legacy their family is old old family i don't know if you could say old money maybe old money i don't know but it's it's a, it, they've been around a long time uh And Wittenberg Deloney Davidson was your grandfather? -grandfather. Great-grandfather. Great-grandfather, and founded in the early 1900s. And then Ruble Funeral Home was his next business venture. And then he passed it to his son, and then he passed it to his grandson. And it's just been a wonderful family legacy. Um, So we talked about how Justin kind of evolved and got into the business. But now let's talk about grief. You were kind of leading into that about how... COVID's changed things, how people grieve and what they grieve. So I went on your website and I kind of looked at the stages of grief. You have some good information for people there. Um, and the first one is shock, then denial, then guilt, which I didn't realize everybody feels guilt, uh, sadness, acceptance, and then the roller coaster of of uh, renewal as it as you get there so let's talk about shock why are you shocked why are people shocked they're just Uh, never ready for it even when you see it coming
2: yeah i think that there's no way to uh, totally prepare for your your family member the person you've been in love with uh, for 40 years passing away and uh even though you might have had the opportunity to prepare um because they have a, a a long uh demise you know um there's never any way to actually say to yourself, when this person is gone, what am I going to experience? And uh, everybody experiences that differently. And, and so that is a shock to your system. And uh, I think it's a, a very common term, but I, I tell lots of my clients that it's going to take a while to find your new normal. And uh that all of a sudden I'm this person and I have this support system and I live in this household with this person and all of a sudden that is gone and it'll never come back and there's nothing you can do to make it come back is a shock to your system
0: so then they go into denial
2: yeah 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 denial it's a this didn't really happen or my life isn't going to change as a result of this or um I'll wake up tomorrow, and this will be a, a, a bad dream that I had. Um, and, and you see, one of the reasons we do funeral services is because it's a, a, a direct, you can't deny this anymore. We're all sitting here in this church together with your friends, your family, your community, and this is real.
0: So the service, the visitation, the memorial, the service is for the living?
2: Oh, 100%. Um, Now my faith, my Catholic faith, uh, says that we do uh, ceremonial things that prepare the dead uh, for the transition into the afterlife. Uh, um, And everything that we do other than those very ceremonial things are for the living. And uh, it gives uh, the family members and the community uh, an opportunity to mourn and show their support for each other. It, It it brings us together as a community. A year ago, I wasn't sitting in uh, the break room talking with my employees or having a drink with my dad talking about, hey, when the pandemic hits and we can't go to church and have services or we can't have people in our chapel and have services, what are we going to do? So it was a uh, wake up one day and we're, everything shut down. Uh, okay. So it's been a very uh, reactionary um uh, environment. And uh, I can tell you at first, we didn't do a good job of it. Uh, we told uh, our clients uh, one thing, hey, we'll, we'll take care of the immediate needs. And uh, when they open everything back up, we'll have a service. And uh, since then, we've adapted and overcome. And uh, we've uh, got a YouTube channel. Who would have ever thought a funeral home would have a YouTube channel? Um and, and what's,
0: we, what do you do with the YouTube channel?
2: We live stream the services. Uh, so the families all sitting there. we We have some of our churches that we service um, and they tell their parishioners, they, these family members that have lost someone that uh, yes, you can have a, a service at the church, uh, but you can only have your immediate family members there. Uh, and so uh, the their their extended family, their friends, their neighbors. Uh, can't come and be a part of that service and so we take a ipad on a tripod and we set it up and we live stream it to our youtube channel and they can sit in the comfort and safety of their own home and be a part of that service and then they can reach out to the family later yes and and say i saw it we were there we saw it what an amazing eulogy what a beautiful service um we're, we're so sorry we couldn't shake your hand or give you a hug afterwards, but we were there virtually. Uh, and so we've we've really expanded the way we're able to virtually do services.
0: You talked about on your website how to be a friend to someone who who is grieving. and um, it was called during call two days after the funeral, which I think is really was very great was very was really good advice because it does seem like after everything's over with the funeral's over everybody goes home the the bereaved just sit there in their home and the phone's not ringing and it says call your friend two days after the service and ask them if there's anything you can do to help
2: that's great i'm really glad you uh, focused on that point uh- I, when i meet with the families I, I often tell them that your friends are going to reach out to you and ask you what can i do to help and we have a list of things that we tell them to tell their friends to do
0: because they can't think
2: right when uh, you're
0: depressed like that you can't think you're like nothing but you really do have a whole list
2: one of the uh, one of the most basic things that we have at every funeral is a register book uh, and it seems weird that you would go to your your friend's mom's funeral and sign in, uh, but I have had many clients that come to me afterwards, and they're you know meeting me for a follow up, and, and they're disgruntled because their business partner of forty years didn't even show up for their mom's funeral. Oh. And I say I say hold on, I'm pretty sure I saw him there. Let's look back through the register book, and there, sure enough, there's their signature. And they go, oh my goodness, I can't believe it! I just didn't have any idea. I forgot that we had that conversation. And it's you get this tunnel vision, and uh, your everything's clouded, and you you really don't know what's going on. And and so that that whole point of reaching back out to them, you might have been there with them the whole time, uh, but there's so many things going on, and there's so many people coming up to them, and there's. Uh, And and that's all coupled with the grief of the loss. They they have no recollection of what's really happened. Yeah. Uh, And so reaching back out to them and saying, hey, I know we talked yesterday, uh, but how are you doing today? Yeah. And what can I do now for you?
0: And it's odd to me that people are afraid to mention, I saw you lost your brother. And people are like, oh, I didn't want to mention that. And you're like, no, 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 the bereaved want you to mention the fact. I think people are confused about that. I think if anybody's listening, be sure to mention the fact that you saw they lost a family member and that you're sorry or whatever. Just just say, I heard about your brother. Boom, that's all you have to say.
2: Yeah, I think people really, um, they feel like they're going to reopen a wound or bring up a bad subject. Yes. Uh, It's a wound that's already open. And, 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 and by it, you coming up to them and telling them that you saw and that you're here for them, it, it helps close the wound. It doesn't reopen it.
0: Exactly. I think a lot of people are confused about that. Uh, so the other thing about grief is guilt. This one caught me by surprise. I mean, I've lost both of my parents, and I had no idea the guilt that would come up later on just because, for no, I mean, I just, it's just part of it. I mean, you could think of anything. You can think of the smallest thing like, oh, I should have passed them the salt when they asked. I mean, it can really just be almost anything. Right. And I thought that was interesting that you said uh, guilt was a big one.
2: Yeah, I think it's the hardest one. Uh, I think that's the one that it goes unresolved for the most amount of time because uh, usually the guilt is uh, rooted off of some uh, unresolved issue. Uh, Maybe you got in an argument or maybe you had a disagreement or maybe you hadn't spoken to your sibling in four years um, and now they've passed away and you wished you had done this or you uh, you now looking back on it, it thought that something should have been done differently but there's nothing you can do to change that.
0: So how do you get rid of it? What do you tell people? Mine is not that mine is I should have done more.
2: Okay. yeah.
0: I should have done more, I should have done more, I should have done more.
2: Right, well, there's nothing more that you can do. Um, And I think that uh, faith has a lot to do with that, overcoming it, that one day, you know, I will see them again and we can resolve this issue or I know that they loved me and I have faith that they were a good friend or my, 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 my family member and they would have forgiven me and I have to forgive myself.
0: Oh, I like that one. They would have forgiven me, and I have to forgive myself. Those are pearls of wisdom. So do you think being a funeral director makes it easier or harder to be religious with all you see, with all you do?
2: I think it makes it a lot easier. Um, I go into church services, and I see some very, very tough situations uh, where someone's passed away from an accident or – uh, a, a self-inflicted wound And everybody's very, very upset And very hurt And uh, they get into their church Their home And their religious leader Stands up in front of them And leads them in prayer And you can feel a calm Come over the, the people um, And standing as an outside observer And witnessing this uh I, I think my faith has done nothing but grow uh through this since two thousand and seven um that i've it is it has really helped me realize that there is a higher being and that there that that our religious faith is important uh to not only us individually but us as a society as a whole
0: mm-hmm. sadness. After the shock, after the denial, after the guilt—well, maybe not after the guilt—but next comes the sadness. That's, do do that, you warn everybody it's coming? It's 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 coming, and you're just you just going to have to wallow in it till it passes. Time will heal. What is the advice you can give to somebody who's got so much sadness?
2: It's so difficult. Um, so many people in society suffer from depression already, and then you throw sadness on top of that, and you um, you feel so sorry and helpless and. Uh, What can I do to help you? Um, And you try and give them as many resources as are possible. And there are so many resources Are there? Oh, my goodness. Uh, We give out an aftercare packet, and the largest section of it is grief resources.
0: Find Uh, a group. Find friends who experience the same loss and get in a group.
2: They don't even have to be friends. They just have to be other people, uh, peers in your society to know that you're not alone.
0: So there's grief
2: groups, I guess. Oh, every church, every hospital um they all have multiple groups that uh, you know I, I've lost a child I've lost a spouse I've lost a, a, a friend and and you're not the only person that's lost someone um, and to know that other people are out there and and they suffer um, on a daily basis uh, just knowing that you're not alone I think helps people and being able to connect with someone that's experiencing the same thing is so important i I've got a on my phone, if you pull up my, my Safari, uh, the one thing I've saved is a, an article from, I, I think it's been on my phone for five years. And it's um, it says, everyone around you is grieving. Go easy.
0: Oh, that's nice.
2: And I've never closed that page. I opened that article. Somebody sent it to me and I, I opened it and it was like, wow, this really makes sense, you know. Somebody might be rude to you in the line at the grocery store, uh, but it might be because their dad died yesterday and they are just overcome with grief. Go easy. Mm -hmm. Everybody's lost something. It might have been their dog that they lost. It might have been their cat that they lost. Uh, It could have been their son that passed away. Everyone has lost something. And uh, and knowing that and and being compassionate to people's grief really helps you
0: understand society and be a better person and not be so mad all the time yeah right over silly stuff um you put in there on your website live a healthy life and exercise but when you are sad and depressed you can't get off the couch to go exercise you can't get off the couch to go fix a meal i mean that seems to me like you're on moving into the acceptance once you start moving into the other level you talk about acceptance uh and i love this thing you said uh Acceptance is growth and then they begin to turn their loss into something meaningful. And I just hate it that you have to go through strife in life to grow. But you mentioned that that if you get through this and you get to the acceptance, the growth that comes out of it can give new purpose and some meaning to your life, a different way.
2: Definitely. Um and I think that, you know, that holds that holds true to every aspect of life, mm-hmm. right? It, if it's uh if it's not tough, if you don't have to work for it, it doesn't really have any meaning. Um. Uh, you you fail over and over again, and then you succeed, and that success is so much greater and uh, so much rewarding uh, because of the failures, mm-hmm. uh, and that translates directly into grief. Uh, you you take this loss and you you suffer, and you um you maybe you hit rock bottom, maybe you don't, but you always, you hopefully.
0: Does uh, anybody ever come in and be angry with you? Oh, definitely. They do.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I don't. The, I
0: mean, how can they be angry? You're there. I mean, is it uh, Is the, they're just trying to find somebody to be mad at?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not angry at us. We we've done nothing wrong. We've done nothing to 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 make them mad. Um, but they're mad at the situation they're in. And uh, one of the the biggest things I talk with my employees about is don't take anything personal. You might know this person personally, but 90 percent of the clients that they're going to meet with, they've never met before in their lives. Uh, And so if they come in and they're mad at you, it's not because something you did. Yeah. Uh, So just sit there and and understand that they're upset. Um, And and it really helps them help the other person uh, because they see this person that they're mad at and they're sitting there going, okay. Yeah.
0: all right I okay. wondered if in the funeral business if you ever got disgruntled customers, because I know in every business you do almost, but it seems like d- during that one you would be they would be so broken hearted that it just didn't seem like they had much energy for anger
2: right uh so i i I talk with my employees about how we have one chance to get it right uh there's no retakes on a funeral uh if if we mess up and uh play the wrong song or um, you know, do something that their family wasn't expecting or don't do something that they were expecting, that they're going to get hung up on that mistake and they won't be able to grieve properly because they're not – Experiencing the they're, entire process because they're thinking about that one. They're probably mistake. looking
0: for something to take their mind off. Of.
2: Well, that's the one percenters we call them. Oh, uh, the, they're the, trying that, to find
0: something th- else to be. They'll to find something
2: on. wrong with everything they do that that they experience in life, and and we know that, and we go, okay, we're sorry, and
0: yeah. So before we take a break, let's just just go through dealing with grief. You said have a memorial visitation to share and remember the deceased. Talk about your grief with others. Find friends who've experienced the same loss. Uh, Live a healthy life. Exercise. Make small plans. Get out, which is hard to do. And this one a lot of people have problems with. Allow yourself time. Don't think it's going to be overnight. And then the other thing that I liked on your website about how to be a friend to someone who's bereaving is... Be an active listener. That's a great one. Call during holidays and often. Call two days after the funeral. Say the deceased's name out loud during conversations and ask how you can help. Those are great advice. This is a great place to take a break. Still to come preparation what you need to know before or after an end of life occurrence and leaving a business legacy how have the wittenbergs done it so successfully and i want to remind everybody podcasts are made available on all popular listening sites and up in your business with carrie mccoy's youtube channel we'll be back after the break
3: next week on up in your business with carrie mccoy one of our most popular programs as we feature the two Jewish guys from the fundraising broadcasts at KUAR, Phil Kaplan and Leslie Singer. Here's a sample of what you might hear.
0: What What were y'all's family life like? Were they the similar, were y'all's families growing up similar? I think
4: somewhat similar. Mm. My parents were immigrants. They came to this country. Um, Both of them came right after the First World War. And their fathers, both my mother's father and my father's father, came right before the war, and then the war broke out, and they were unable to leave, and they came from my father from what is now Lithuania, but was then uh, probably Poland or Russia. The lines changed. My mother from uh, her she had family in Latvia and Russia.
0: What what language did they speak?
4: They spoke Yiddish in the house and my my father's parents um spoke yiddish their whole life my grandmother my mother's mother had a little uh, a store where she sold women's hosiery and corsets and um other uh, women's undergarments so she she spoke english she had to
0: what's the word for undergarments
4: i have no idea yes you do i have it written here i have
0: it written here somewhere oh Untersocken, under things. Pull up your britches, your Untersocken are showing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're showing.
5: Well. You were talking about where your parents came from. My father was born in St. Louis and moved to Poland. It was actually brilliant. His parents, who were from Poland, came to this country. His mother gave birth to him in this country, they came here legally. Gave birth to him in this country. So now he's a citizen. Took him back to Poland where he was raised till he was about 18 years old. And then he was allowed to bring them
0: back oh, as a citizen. Oh, that was brilliant.
5: So. That and, was. And, and my parents, they were, they, my grandparents on, on my dad's side were uh, in the tailor business, tailoring. And they, uh, their name wasn't Singer. Their name was Plots p-l-a-t-z which is a pretty common polish name but not a very nice sounding american name but everywhere in their store was singer sewing machine equipment the calendar said singer and the equipment said singer and this said they just said this has got to be a great american name we're going to change our name to singer so i'm actually named after the sewing machine
4: (laughs) you know my father was a kosher butcher so i worked in the butcher shop I never never cut a piece of meat. I cleaned. I was a cleaner. <laughs> you had to have you had to be clean, right? In a butcher shop? Sure. Charming. And so then they made they made kosher delicacies like knishes and kreplach and kishka. You know kishka? No. You don't know kishka? Kishka. Sausage kishke is called sausage. in English it's called stuffed derma. Kisten. It's a sausage. Yes, it's like a sausage. Yes. And Only so, worse. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, it's about the worst thing you can have for a heart condition. I had a stent put in about a year ago. I think it caught up From with the me. Kishka. <laughs> From the Kishka. Yeah. It's yeah. called the Kishka stent. Yeah.
3: Hear more about the backgrounds of the two Jewish guys next week on Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy.
0: You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Justin Wittenberg, third-generation owner of Ruble Funeral Home, the oldest funeral home in Little Rock, Arkansas, founded in 1901 in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. Before the break, we talked about grief, being a good friend to someone who's bereaved. So if you missed that, you should go back and listen to it. Great tips. You can also go to Ruble Funeral Homes' website, Click on their links. You can follow the process. Uh, After my father died, hospice gave me a book, told me when when you're taking care of someone who's dying and how they pull away and what they begin to do. Uh, And I wish I had gotten that before my father passed. They gave it to me afterwards. And I looked back over my father passing and I thought, oh, that's what he was doing. So that's a nice tip out there that hospice has this book if you are caring for somebody or you feel like you're going to get there. can kind of help you with the stages of life because I couldn't figure out why my dad didn't want to talk to me all the time it's like he's pulling away from this from this world you know but anyway let's talk about the process before and after death before what should we all do while we're still living
2: Uh, you should all have the conversation with your family members and tell them what you want when you pass away and what you expect your funeral to look like and what you what if you don't know tell them that uh tell, whatever you want to do yeah give, give them permission to make that decision on their own have you done that you're so young have
0: you already done that
2: uh no it's, <laughs> it's uh it's uh it's strange uh, i think coming from the inside out um it's kind of like doctors make the worst patients mm-hmm. uh, funeral directors they they give great advice but they don't listen to their own advice mm-hmm. uh, my dad says y'all do whatever you want and now he's been a funeral director for uh, 40 plus years Uh, he's got an honorary funeral director's license from the state of Arkansas he's been a funeral director for so long Uh, and he's always said I don't care what you do do whatever makes you happy but the fact that he says that to us means that when he passes away whatever we decide to do we know that he's happy with Oh, I see. Uh, and the the, the hardest uh, decisions that are made are when family members sit down and I say, "Okay, what? Where are we going to go now? What are we going to do next?" They go, "Oh, we don't know. We don't. We don't want to make a decision that would upset my mother." Or we, and and then they're left hanging, and and we direct them, and that's why we're funeral directors. Uh, but they might leave those uh, arrangements with us and think did I make the right decision? And that's where the guilt stage comes back in on them. Uh, even after mm-hmm. they've done their best job to mm-hmm. uh, uh, support their, their loved one that's passed away and do what they think was right, they don't know for sure that's what they wanted. And it, it leaves them with a, a very uh, a, a bad
0: feeling of, have I done the right thing? So my mother had picked out the funeral home. She wanted to be cremated. And she wanted to be buried in the North Little Rock Veterans Cemetery next to Dad. That made everything so easy for me. Yeah. I mean, so easy for me. Aren't you lucky? I felt so lucky that I didn't have to make any of those decisions. Because I probably would have buried her if she hadn't said, oh, no, no, I want to be cremated. The
2: the easiest funerals (laughs) that we direct for both myself, my staff, and the families that we are there supporting are the ones that we pull a file out and say your mom chose this 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 and this Uh and here's her obituary that she wrote and they go oh my goodness we don't have to worry about anything
0: writing an obituary is tough
2: i can imagine i wrote my grandmother's and uh it, it wasn't easy but she and i were best of the best of friends and uh and so i took joy in it uh but i was a in the funeral industry and and i got a lot of experience of reading many many obits and i could pull from those and uh but yeah writing an obit's a very difficult thing
0: so you should you should even write your own obit i
2: guess yes
0: well why you know they used to let us lay in state you know i kind of like that why are we not laying in state anymore
1: of course you like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i want to lay in state in the living room
1: don't worry mother i'm taking notes
0: <laughs> okay, Ruble funeral home.
1: Go to Ruble Lying, <laughs> Lying in state. Lying in state. Ruble funeral
0: home. And y'all have a big party. We
2: still do have people that lay in state. For how long? I have uh I have state rooms.
0: Is that what that means on your website when it says I have you have how many state rooms? Three. Three, yeah, it said three state rooms. I didn't know what that meant.
2: Uh the, the, where the person lays there and their friends come and see them and they come throughout the day and sign the register book. I have uh, families that still do the uh, what we call old school traditional way, and, All right. and we take their mom and dad to their house. That's what I
1: want, and they um, Just right on the front porch.
0: Just say, "I, was, I want to be in the dining room." <laughs>
1: oh, on the table, like what's your name? Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. I
2: think I, it's, I think <laughs> it's amazing. I think it. I think it really completes the the grieving process. It's a, it's a complete acceptance of the fact that this person has passed away and they're now in a better place. And
0: Americans are so weird about dying to me.
2: We have so many different uh, faith directions in our country and so many different people telling us what we should do and believe and uh, that it's, it's hard for people to say, I don't care what you want. This is what I want and this is what makes me happy. Uh, and I'm going to do it.
0: How long can you lay in state before you start to smell? Sorry. Week, weeks.
1: Wondered. Weeks.
0: Weeks. That embalming fluid works. It works, yes. So what if you don't – why do we use embalming fluid?
2: To preserve.
0: What if you don't – like my friend – I have a friend who's Jewish. She's probably listening. She doesn't want embalming fluid. She wants to, she wants to go straight right. to burial. Within, I think, 24 hours it has to be.
2: For, it's 48
0: 48 hours
2: 48 and um, is she I would say that she's probably not Orthodox Jewish she's probably reformed Jewish uh, but the Orthodox Jewish uh, faith says that there's no um, no no preservation of the body and uh, and they're buried within 48 hours of death. The state of Arkansas Health Department says that if we're not going to do anything to preserve the body um, then yes we have to bury within 48 hours of death. Uh, But we don't have to be embalmed to to preserve. We can uh, do refrigeration.
0: But you can't lay in state without embalming.
2: I wouldn't
1: suggest
0: it. You have to burn a lot of candles. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Justin's grinning. I I was
1: about to say, I love this this, uh, interview all of a sudden.
0: (laughs) So uh, after someone passes, what happens if it's in your home while under your care? Who do you call? The police. Oh right. So. Yeah. And
2: you tell them I've had a non-emergency death, and if you don't tell them the non-emergency part, the fire department and the MIMS and the police are all going to come light your neighborhood up in the middle of the night,
0: and everybody'll know.
2: Yeah. Well, and and you're just the so shock you, of the light sight. The lights and sirens are just overwhelming.
0: Yeah, and so. Uh, my mother passed away at like 2 o'clock in the morning, in the middle of the night. Uh, I waited till morning to call because I just thought, I just kind of wanted to be with her. And I also thought, um, I didn't want to wake everybody up. It's fine. And so that was okay. I wondered if I was okay to do that.
2: I think it's great.
0: Uh, and, you know, it's funny when someone dies in your home, even if they're 95, like mother, you do kind of feel like, am I doing everything right am i doing everything lawfully the right way
2: am i breaking the law yeah that's the the big fear
0: i never thought about that until that happened with mother
2: right so so have the conversation with your mother and then call the funeral home and have the conversation with them this is what my mother wants this is where she is what do i need to do when she passes away okay well it's what if i want to do something else can i do that Yes or no, and, and, and we're there to direct you and, and allow you to grieve in the way that you want to grieve.
0: So, funeral, so everybody should have a funeral home in mind and should have called them and should ask these questions because I did not do that, and I should have done that, well, and, and you can get that, all those questions answered.
2: So there comes another hard part. Uh, that's the denial part that we talked about before, and your mother hadn't even died yet. I think but, it kind of was. But by you calling the funeral home and asking them these questions, that was you accepting that your mother was going to die. And yeah. uh, and that's a very difficult thing to do.
0: Even if you're ready, even if she's 95, even if she's ready to go, it's well,
2: still... You weren't ready. You were sitting here telling me that what you did meant you weren't ready. Oh. Mm-hmm. You think you're ready, mm-hmm. uh, but you're, you're still not completing the process. And, and, and that's okay.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you're going to make decisions about – I noticed on your website you have – there's religious considerations to think about, which you already talked about. But what about – you offer caskets, vaults, and urns. Caskets for in-ground burial?
2: Right. And vaults are for what the casket goes in. Oh. And it protects the casket. Um, It keeps it from – uh, allowing water into the casket and allow it keeps the casket from being crushed over the from the weight of the earth on top of it
0: do we care about that i do does everybody get an, get a vault or do most people no
2: no definitely not
0: some people just put the casket straight in the ground right and so it can and then what about uh, uh what is the, what are those rooms that you go into mausoleums mausoleums i didn't see anything on your website about mausoleums
2: well so that's above ground burial and um those are provided by the cemetery
0: do you own it does rubel own a cemetery
2: no uh but i inherited a uh position on the executive board at roselawn cemetery when my dad retired and um Mm -hmm. it is one of the oldest cemeteries not the oldest in little rock um it's down at uh 17th and woodrow and uh, it's across the street from the Catholic Cemetery, which is Calvary Cemetery. Uh, a lot of people think they're the same cemetery because there's just mm. you know, 17th Street, Asher, Wright Avenue, whatever whatever what name the, you choose
0: to a, We've only got a few minutes left. What is the weirdest request you've ever had?
2: I would say that it was um, a request my dad received from Craig O'Neill on a prank call. <laughs> oh,
1: my God.
2: To, to embalm his pet turtle that had passed away.
1: It was a prank call. <laughs> okay, I was I was hoping maybe somebody actually followed through.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, you're working for your family. We're wrapping it up now. I cannot thank you enough. I want to tell everybody that your facility has four state rooms on your web, on your website. Three or four state rooms. Three, three. Uh, the chapel seats 300 there's an arrangement room do you embalm there yes oh you do you embalm there um there's a casket showroom
2: no 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 casket showroom anymore we've converted that into a um, visitation slash reception space uh-huh. it's actually bigger than our chapel and it's used more often than our chapel oh uh, and we have a fully catered events with uh, music and uh, live music or recorded music and uh, we've had open bars there where uh, uh, there's a bartender and people have drinks and they have a great time celebrating the life of their loved one my
0: favorite all right i want to give you a gift thank you so much for coming on you get a u.s and an arkansas desk set to put on yours do you have one
2: for rubble funeral home i do not i love it i love it thank you so much you're welcome
0: I, i thank you so much i really enjoyed talking to you i hope everybody's gotten something out of it it's really been uh you're a really laid back guy.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for the invite. And, yeah,
0: I, uh, I, I think I that really
2: appreciate you bringing me on your show.
0: You know, I think it's been a very rewarding show for everybody that got to listen. Um, I just want to say to our listeners in closing, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then. Be brave and keep it up. Christmas shopping, at best it's a
3: chore. Well, part of the problem may be that you're looking in the same places every year and your idea generator is just stalled. Hey, try flagandbanner.com. You've probably never even seen or thought about some of the items you'll see at flagandbanner.com. They're terrific. And if you love the look of a garden banner or a holiday flag, We've got our entire in stock selection on sale at 20% off right now. Imagine looking out your frosty window this winter and seeing some of those beautiful new holiday flags and garden banners, and there's more of them than you'll find anywhere else. Merry Christmas! Take advantage of this sale right now at flagandbanner.com.
1: You've been listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, contact me, Gray. That's G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you'd like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple. To help you live the American dream.
5: Thank you.